Cambridge Breakfast with Julian Clover. Across our university city and South Cambridgeshire. Cambridge 105 Radio. Cambridge's big weekend has been cancelled. It's after the City Council said it was too expensive to run in its current form. A majority of councillors voted to end the annual event at a meeting on Thursday evening. Uh, the authority says it's expected to save £113,000 a year uh, by not hosting it. Um, councillor Alex Collis is here. She's executive councillor for Open Spaces, Food Justice and Community Development. Morning to you, Alex. Good morning. Uh, thanks very much uh, for coming on. Uh, did you vote for the big weekend to be axed? I did, yes, um, with huge regret. But yes, I did. What was what was your sort of your 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 thinking behind doing that? You know, we've had conversations. I think with yourself and other councillors in the past, saying how it brings the community together. And I would have thought these miserable times we live in at the moment, uh, we all need bringing together. Absolutely, but there are other ways that we can do that, and we'll be looking at those uh, those alternative events. There is no getting away from the fact that it is, an, while it's a very valuable event to the community, people have huge affection for it. It is really expensive to run and it is only going to get more expensive to run, particularly with um, an increase in infrastructure costs, which is what made it so expensive you know, last year to run. That's interesting. So it's not necessarily the likes of bringing in sort of Heather Small, for example, to perform for us, but actually the stuff that goes around all of that, the, the staging, I suppose, amongst other things. Absolutely. It's it's the costs of running the event. So there are two main factors behind this decision um, and two main reasons why last year's event really didn't represent the best value for money it could. Firstly, there is the infrastructure costs and there are huge supply pressures across the events industry, uh, partly as a result of COVID, that mean, you know, the cost of, say, you know, hiring stages or scaffolding are, you know, just astronomical at the moment. And the second reason is sponsorship. So, the sponsorship that we would expect, and we have an annual target of £40,000 generally for the event, it just isn't there, not in the same way that it was before the pandemic. So this is interesting because I know there have been suggestions from people, oh, why didn't they go and get sponsorship, Cambridge's this, Cambridge's that, and we have got, we've got many big firms ar- around the city. Are they, are, they, are they telling you, no, we're sorry, we, we need to spend our money on other things at the moment? They don't have the same money to spend that they would have before. We have some fantastic corporate sponsors uh, sponsors of events. So, um, you know, events that we have kept, like the Bonfire Night and Fireworks, also really popular. We have um, a company sponsoring that. So they are doing, you know, what they can. But the market has definitely changed for businesses. Mm. And that you run as a city council, responsible ultimately for the corn exchange and yeah. and the folk festival. You know, it seems not particularly unreasonable that money that the corn exchange, which seems to have uh, many an artist on there uh, at the moment, some some good ones too, and the folk festival, of course, are they are they not making sufficient money that they could give back and uh, put that in the the big weekend pot? 
So the folk festival is a uh, folk festival is run sort of slightly separately. That budget wouldn't be put into this. The corn exchange actually, I've had a meeting with officers recently, is performing really well, um, better than we expected. But that money, I think, alone wouldn't be enough or be able to put straight. You know, it's not a direct transfer into the big weekend. What we need to look at instead is some of the other community events. So some of the things actually happening in local communities, like the music in the parks, where we can incorporate some of the best aspects of the big weekend, like the Mella, for example, which has a huge impact. We can incorporate the best bits of the of the event into those local events. And those local events are where people actually live, you know, on their doorstep. Mm. I seem to recall you did something similar. The, sort of the local events is one of... Not a very long list, but there are a few positive things which came out of COVID. And I, I seem to remember when the big weekend wasn't happening during that COVID period, there was more of an emphasis placed on some of those local events. Yeah, exactly. Let's have more of those right in the heart of communities where people live. We can make sure as many people as possible can go to them and they can be really fantastic events. We still have our city events team who are able to sort of help and, you know, offer their expertise in running those events. It doesn't always have to be the council directly providing something, which is what we did with the big weekend. That was run by us, um, you know, as an event. Let's work with communities on the things that they want to see on their local doorstep. Would you be open? It's quite interesting because you look across Parker's Peace and (laughs) remarkably empty at the moment, but uh, at so many different times of the year uh, we see events on there, be it the the Big Wheel or the Observation Platform, as they insist on calling it, uh, or I know we didn't have it this year, but we have in the past. We've had, had the skating, there's various markets during the summer. You know, would you be open to some private contractor coming along and saying yeah well we'll put on something similar to the big weekend on on parker's piece in theory yes but it has to be it has to be accessible to you know as many people in cambridge as possible so we wouldn't want to see you know a private profit making event that's not what our open spaces are for. And, you know, as you probably understand, we get a lot of requests to use spaces like Parker's Peace, and each one is assessed really carefully with officers. Uh, one of the questions I always ask is: Is it open to enough people? Is it, you know, is there going to be enough of free access? Um, and if there wasn't, then no, we wouldn't be interested. I have to say, it was rather nice going past Parker's Peace during the winter and actually seeing nothing there but a, a little bit of foggy haze as you. Uh, as as you walked by. Um, there is some positive here because you're putting some money, I think, into a new community hub, which is going to be in Cherry Hinton, maybe and uh, some work as well in King's Hedges. Maybe you could just quickly tell me a little bit about those. Yeah, some really, really positive stuff in local communities. So Cherry Hinton, yeah, for a long time, hasn't really had a sort of community focal point where people, a bit like a sort of community living room where people can just drop in, Um, They can meet, I don't know, you know, sort of benefits advisors or, you know, just sort of sit and be. And we are funding a a hub, a new community hub. It's going to be on the site um, where the library is. So right in the heart of the village 
on the high streets it will be within the existing library building so it's a question of um developing that it's going to have a fantastic community kitchen a cafe it will obviously still have the library there and it will make a huge difference to cherry hinton i uh, you know i know from being at the um, food hub up at the other end of the village in st andrews we added a community cafe in there and it's been hugely popular so definitely a demand for that mm. and in king's hedges as well work on uh, the, the play area I'm so excited! I'm so excited about this. So my, my son is now 26. I think he might be too he, big to to go round. Mine uh, yeah, won't fit in the would, swings anymore. He would, but he uh, he used to play on that playground when we first lived here when when he was a baby, and it has not been. We've, we, you know, the council has done sort of, you know, tinkering with it and obviously repairing stuff as it was needed, but it has never fully been completely revamped. And we've put money aside in the budget to completely redo the play area, make it safe, make it exciting and make it a fun place for children there to play. That is also very much needed. And I had some really exciting discussions with um, GLL, who who run the learner pool there as well, about how we can sort of, you know, make the front of the learner pool more attractive alongside the play area and just make that part of King's Hedges really a nice place to be. That sounds great. Look forward to, to hearing more about that as the, uh, the that particular work comes together. Just before I let you go, Alex, you'll be aware, of course, that there was the demonstration against congestion charge yesterday. I think a couple of yeah. thousand people if not more were involved in all of that are you are you in favor of the charge so i have some i have some concerns about it i mean above all i'm a councillor for king's hedges and i have to represent the views of people in this area and i know people here are really concerned about the impact particularly on people with low wages or doing shift work you know who have to drive to work so I have concerns about it. I would want to see resident exemptions. I would want more information on how people on lower incomes would be reimbursed. At the moment... Have we not got the information? As, as, as an executive councillor, surely you probably easier than anybody else, you can make a, make a phone call and, and, and find out. Yeah, no, at the moment, I haven't had the reassurances that I would need. We are obviously waiting for the full results from the consultation... Um, those will be out later in the year. And, you know, I think we had almost 25,000 people uh, respond to that. So I would want to see, you know, more of that information. But as it stands at the moment, I have some serious concerns about how the charge is So if you had out. a vote in the City Council tomorrow for or against the congestion charge, which way would you go? Well, there won't be a City Council vote. Ah, let's, let's, let's pretend that there might be. Let's pretend... I would probably, at this moment, I would abstain. OK. I, yeah, I think that would be what I would do. OK, well, Alex Hollis, thank you very much uh, for joining us, uh, as always, on uh, on Cambridge 105 Radio today. Um, thank you very much. Thank you. That's Alex Hollis, who is... Wrong one. Executive Councillor uh, on Cambridge uh, City Council for Open Spaces, uh, Food Justice and Community Development. Cambridge 105 Radio.